Welcome back to the Three Bucketeers, episode two. I'm your co-host, Tones, welcomed in by Sam and Big Buck. We'll get to them shortly, as always. We got some great topics of discussion for today's episode. We have a lot to talk about, including last week we talked about the beta Madden overalls. This week we're actually going to be talking about the real Madden overalls, along with Gronk's interview last week, or this week, this past Wednesday, actually, and Bruce Arians and his COVID situation. I mean, we know he's a little older. Will the Buccaneers protect him in any sort of way? We'll also play Red and Pewter again, as always, and we will talk about a little bit about the college football season and a little more. So we're excited to bring you guys episode two. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Bucketeers. B-U-C-C-A-T-E-E-R-S, like Buccaneers, but instead of an N, there is a T. And you could follow me individually at Tricky Tones BGTE. And with that being said, we will welcome in one of our co-hosts, Sam. Sam, how you doing and where can the people follow you at? Ooh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, you guys can find me at Playoff Markel on Twitter. Cool. And that's where you can find Sam Big Bukowski. How are we doing and where can the people find you at? I'm doing pretty all right. Um, people can find me at – sorry. I'm just making sure I spell it right. <laughs> no, you're good. Hey, it's a, it's a complicated hey. thing sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially uh, you with can... the long ones. <laughs> so you can follow me at – Buck Bukowski one, and that's spelled B U C C O W S K I one. Yep, go follow Big Bukowski, one of our great co-hosts, and we got a lot of great topics, as I said. And are we ready to talk some Buccaneers football? Dive deep or what, fellas? Always Let's get it. Let's get it. You heard the boys. Let's do it. Three Bucketeers going at it again. Live coverage starting now. Once again, your best place for Buccaneers hot takes and set to release every Wednesday or first one release Thursday. But for now on, it will be every Wednesday. Let's talk a little bit about the Madden ratings. Last week, we talked about the beta overalls. This week, we'll talk about the real overalls. We'll bring up one guy we thought you know they did good with overall wise and one guy we thought they could improve on a little bit to me there is a lot of interesting ones on the Bucks roster I probably sound biased but I think they got a lot of improving to do but one guy that I think um, if I had to say they probably overhyped a little bit was Gronk I mean I think Gronk mm-hmm. is 95 potential but coming out of retirement taking a year off football and his last year he played was injury riddled. I think 95 is a little uh, little high. I don't know. What do you guys think about Gronk's overall being a 95? Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I think it's kind of weird that he hasn't played in a season. Like, don't get me wrong. Gronk's still super talented. He's still one of the best tight ends in the league. But he just took a year off, and he's our highest rated player ahead of guys like Mike Evans, Levante David, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that's definitely a little odd, Big Bukowski. What do you think, Gronk? Overall, good or too uh, too much? Uh, you know how you play a franchise mode, and towards the end of the season, you get more of an adjusted overall towards the season. I think with Rob Gronkowski being at a ninety-five, that could be his adjusted overall towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I think starting out, he should be more closely to a, like a 
like an early nineties, like a 92, 93. Um, but that chemistry between him and him and Brady might actually add a little to that too. I think they might've put that in his awareness as mm-hmm. well. I think he had like a 90 in his awareness. Yeah. I'm with, looking uh, at the ratings right now. He's got 90 awareness. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not not complaining for sure. I think we'll Absolutely. all. I think we'll all appreciate it when we're playing Madden. That you know we got a 95 tight end to throw to going over the middle. And I guess with that being said, one guy I think um, I still wish he was a little better rated, but I am glad to see him crack the 90s. Of course, deservingly, he did get gypped rating wise, but I am glad Levante David at least got in the 90 overalls. So I think. Buck fans would have been crazy if he didn't reach the 90s, but at least he finally got his proper doing in the 90s. I mean, I don't think they just ripped the Bucks off. I looked at ratings around the league and linebackers, not as good as Levante, but other respectable linebackers like um, Darius Leonard on the cold season, 85 overall only. So maybe it's not just a Buck thing because I think Levante really belongs in the 94, 95 range with Darius Leonard, 87, 88 range. But I'm glad at least Levante made the 90s. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I checked. It seems like kind of every middle linebacker got low ratings across the board. Like, Levante is the second highest at a 90. Right. And, I mean, that's what I, I think Madden um, just, you know, made their metrics of grading perhaps a little more challenging this year than they have in previous years, except for Gronk. Oh, I, uh, I think Levante Davids is pretty good. Um as for his uh, the person next to him, <laughs> uh, Devin White only got a seventy-eight, and uh, I think that's just completely missing just so much out of him. You know, I I think he should be at least a mid-eighties, but but then again, we're watching him more often than these you know Madden guys are you know. They're, they're, they have to uh, score. How many players are in the league? How many players are, are being counted here? I, I can't even Well, Well, it's tough tell. because there's, like, practice squad guys that they do and free agents that they do. And, you know, they don't even have real-life positions like long snappers in the game. They just put them as tight ends generally. So Madden's got a lot of work uh, to do so in terms stupid. of – I know, given overalls and – you know, they got to give guys better positions and whatnot. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about uh, overalls? I said two of mine. You guys give your takes. Um, I'd say that Brady got a pretty fair rating at 90. I was actually expecting him to be somewhere around the 87, 88, 89. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised with that. Yeah, he's still ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers was kind of in Brady's range last year, but I'm shocked they didn't give Rodgers at least a 90. Right. Oh, man, that that was disrespectful. <laughs> what do they got Rodgers at? 89. 89. Oh. Uh, their rankings seem to be a little off this year. I don't know. Yeah, they seem like a little lower across the board. And Big Buck, who's one guy that you um, you put the stamp of approval on rating-wise? Uh, <laughs> because we ragged on him a little bit last episode. Matt Gay is a 70. This sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
honestly, honestly, that yeah, does that's about sound what I'd expect. I wonder what his uh, clutch clutch rating is, if there is one. That that probably docked him, you know, ten overall points. But um, yeah, Matt Gay, we obviously hope you do good this year, buddy. We hope you hit a few more of those important field goals, hopefully. But other than that, so you heard we thought some guys such as Levante, Brady, and Matt Gay were appropriate. Now, Big Buck and Sam, what are two guys you thought, eh, Madden could work on a little bit? I mean, there's a ton of guys that they could work on, but who are two that you thought they could have worked on? Uh, I'll go first. Um, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but I honestly think Scotty Miller deserves a little bit more in his overall. Um, he's sitting at a 69 and also Tyler Johnson is also a 68 mm-hmm. as well. That's also another one that I'm not really fully, uh, compliant with, but who knows, you know, I mean, it's the third receiver option at stake. Um, and you know, the, I, I, I honestly think Scotty Miller might be that dark horse that no one's really going to uh, pay attention to. They're going to be so focused on Mike and Chris and Gronk and Bray and if Howard's playing. Um, I think Scotty Miller might slip underneath and uh, just if he stays healthy, he could be a, a dark horse fantasy candidate. Yeah, I like Scotty, and as you said, we talked a little bit before this. My only thing with Scotty is he was showing signs of life there late in the season last year before he got hurt. So to me, if he does complete the season last year, he probably gets a little bit more of a respectable overall. But the fact that his season was sadly cut short due to injury, I guess that's their justification on why he was a low overall. And Sam, let's hear your opinion on perhaps either Scotty Miller or a different Buccaneer that caught your eye on, whoa, that's a little low, or maybe even, like I said, Gronk, whoa, that's a little too high. I mean, yeah, I'm with Big Buck there on the Scotty Miller thing, but I think he's like the prototypical Brady receiver. He's a small guy, and he's really fast. Yeah. So I think throughout the year, he's probably going to end up being in the mid to high 70s mm-hmm. as the third option. Yeah, that's a I kind of got two guys that I think kind of got screwed in the ratings. I think Alex Kappa at a 66 overall is pretty disrespectful for a starting guard in the league. Yeah. Just personally. Yeah. I mean, even if he's not the best guard, he's good enough to start. I mean, yeah. I think he should be at least a 71, 72 overall. And yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Right. And for my second player, it's Mike Evans. I mean, they have Mike Evans at a 92 overall. He's the same overall as Stefan Diggs. Yeah. I mean, they have someone like Mike Evans at a 92 overall when they have Michael Thomas at a 99 overall. Right, right. I'm not saying Evans is better than Thomas, which personally I kind of think he is, but I think they're pretty close to each other. Yeah, yeah, and my thing is uh, Mike Evans should be, like you said, right up there with Mike Thomas. He should be closer to Michael Thomas in his rating than he is to a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. personally. Right. Big Bukowski, what do you think about Mike Evans um, overall? It's uh, it's hard because he's lower than Julio Jones, which I honestly think Julio Jones is the best 
receiver in the league right now. Yeah, um, there. Like he just does so much for that for that team by himself. It's ridiculous. But you have Michael Thomas at a ninety-eight. Or sorry, is it ninety-eight 99. or ninety-nine? It's a he, ninety-nine. He's man. the highest rated receiver. I don't get it. Like, I don't know what they see. Maybe they just see him in a high, you know, traffic offense. He did uh, break Marvin Harrison's record for most receptions in a season. I think that might, you know, add to it. But mm-hmm. if you take away those dumb, quick slants, the, that buffer pretty much, mm-hmm. you're looking at a pretty much a, an average receiver. You're looking at a Emmanuel Sanders right. kind of numbers, right. you know. Um, but that's on them. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let them defend themselves and, you know. But uh, us Buccaneer fans, we know we, know we don't. We can't let a saint be you know be right right be better be that obnoxiously better i mean yeah it's it's obnoxious but right. yeah I, I think they should be a little bit closer i think julio's is good i think michael thomas should be more of a 96 and then maybe mike evans be a 95 not a 92 right yeah mm-hmm. i'm looking at all the wide receiver ratings right now they got mike evans at a 92 tied with Stephon Diggs. And then in front of Evans, they have Amari Cooper at a 93, Devontae Adams at a 94, (laughs) and Tyreek Hill at a 96. And Julio is at a 97. He's the third best receiver. He's behind Hopkins and Thomas. I think, uh, my personal opinion, I think Hopkins is one, Julio's two, uh, and they have Thomas leading the pack by a couple overall. Tyreek Hill's a 96. I mean, it, are they just grading him on speed and fly routes? Sure. This is a little ridiculous. Come on now. I mean, my, we're not even talking about it, but Chris Godwin didn't even get a 90 overall, and they have Amari Cooper getting a 93. Right. Chris Godwin's an 88. They got Allen Robinson ahead of Chris Godwin. Oh, uh, come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That is that irks me. Ellen Robinson ahead of Chris Godwin. Yep, Godwin's an 88. Robinson's an 89. Who else? Uh, who else is an 89? Um, Cooper Cup. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> this is funny. Okay. Well, <laughs> at least at least we do are playing on the field on that Madden. Uh, that Madden Bowl is just turning into a sham now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think we're all in this boat. I think we're all um, a little upset with the Madden ratings, and we'll put that behind us because I think we could rant all day, honestly, about these Madden ratings, a couple of them certainly more than others. But with that being said, we were talking how Gronk is a 95 overall, and when you have a guy like Gronk, when you have a guy like Brady, your team gets the spotlight. And Gronk has certainly had the spotlight so far this offseason coming out of retirement. He was on CBS Sports Radio, Tiki and Tiernan's show this past Wednesday. And Gronk was talking about how this is one of the most excited he's ever been for a season, how he's been staying in shape, how the WWE helped him stay in shape with working out and whatnot, how he kept working out personally before signing with the WWE, other things. Gronk said he's ready to go. And, guys, here is the key factor in the Gronk acquisition. $10 million is not bad for a player like Gronk. But 
Will you get full value out of him? Will Gronk play at least 14 or 15 games in the full season? I'm hoping he does, but it's rare that Gronk sticks it out that long. I mean, I think everybody knows how good of a tight end Gronk is when he plays arguably top three tight end of all time. I mean, it's not much better. You put Tony Gonzalez up there. You could put a handful of guys at number two, such as, I mean, there's a lot of guys you can throw number two, but I think Gronk is up there top three, top five when healthy. I hope he gets to 14, 15 games this year. Sam, what is your opinion? How many games will Gronk play this season? Okay, so assuming we play a full 16-game season. Right, assume we play a full season. Right. Okay. So I personally think our, our receiving core is so loaded with Gronk coming off all the injuries he's had with his career sitting out last year because of injuries. I think we're going to end up giving Gronks some load management, you know, have him sit out the easier games to try to ease him back into the game of football. Mm-hmm. I personally think he plays somewhere in the neighborhood between 10 to 13 regular season games, mm-hmm. you know, assuming we're having him sit out some games, you know, sprains, injuries, small injuries here and there, you know, barring any serious injuries. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking around 10 to 13 to try to keep him fresh for the playoffs. Yeah. And that's a great um, answer, giving him some off time, because it's not like if Gronk doesn't play, we don't have options to throw to at the tight end position. It's not like nothing against Tanner Hudson or Anthony all clear, but it's not like those two would be filling in. We have um, OJ Howard and Cam Brate. So if Gronk needed a day off, if Gronk needed to play 10 or 13 games for load management, I'm pretty confident that Brate and Howard could handle that load. Big Buck, what do you think about Gronk? You know, it's kind of hard to say how many games somebody will play because of, you know, variables outside of our predicting powers. Um, I agree with Sam. I think we will we'll see him start in about 10 to 12 games. Um, but he hasn't played a full season since 2011. He's always ending up getting hurt or, you know, and the honest to God truth is because he's so damn big that you have linebackers and safeties come up and try to chop him at his knees. Right. So I think that that's kind of out of his control as well. Um, But I'm an optimist. I'll say that we'll see him start for 12 games Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely, definitely, definitely have him start in every playoff game because Absolutely. he's he's the best playoff tight end in NFL history. It, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, if he plays six games in the regular season. As long as we have him for the playoffs, I'm happy. Yeah, he, sh- he shows up in clutch. Yeah, I mean, he's got that clutch factor in him. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion, and, you know, he's made the Super Bowl a couple other times as well, or the one other time, or two other times, I'm sorry. So Gronk has made it to five, won three of them. It goes to show how big of a primetime performer Rob Gronkowski is. He's playing with the very comfortable quarterback, a.k.a. one of his best friends, a.k.a. the greatest of all time, a.k.a the go aka whatever you want to call him he's he's a superhuman tom brady so that impacts his value as well guys call me crazy if there is no covid that affects gronk season this year 
I'm saying we get a full season of Rob Gronkowski coming our way because as Sam brought up, load management, I don't think they'd ever sit him games because his big buck said he's clutch. I do think they could, you know, toy around with him. He could play on the opening drive. You could give him a drive. He could play every other drive. He could play only when you need him, but I think he will touch every game. But I don't think he sees as much playing time per game as usual because I do think we put him on a little bit of a limit. But call me crazy. I think COVID permitting, Gronk plays every game this season. What do you think the percentage of snaps would be compared to, say, Bray or or Howard? I see all three of them, honestly. If Gronk play the more games Gronk plays, I see that percentage evening out a little. I, I would say Gronk will probably play like, 65 ish percent of game, Bright and how I'd say Bright like 55 ish in, um, you know, Howard right north, right north of that as well. Sam, what yeah, do you think? I, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm with you there. So it's going to be tough. I mean, it's just, I guess it depends who Brady likes too. I mean, Howard has great potential, but as we've seen, he struggled a little bit last year. I think Brady might mesh better with a guy like Cam Bray, who is a big-time clutch catcher for red zone targets and first downs, minus the one drop he had last year against Houston. I can't remember Cam Bray dropping another ball in my life. I mean, he is the he's the red zone guru. You know, he doesn't get a lot of catches. He doesn't get a lot of yards, but – the thing that separates him is uh, what he does in the red zone. OJ Howard is better between the twenties because he can stretch the field. Right. And all of them, all of them can stretch the field, but it just, right. for whatever reason, Cam Brait just has that knack of finding where the ball needs to be and doing that. Yeah. He's incredibly solid. He's just a solid player, and he's a very smart player. And I think Bruce Arians appreciates how smart of a player Cam Braid is. I mean, any coach would be lucky to have a tight end with that knowledge and a tight end with that ability. Well, three tight ends with that ability. The Bucks probably have the best tight end room in NFL history, and Bruce Arians is happy about that. And speaking of Bruce Arians, there is no lie that he's getting up there. He's 67 or 68 during the season. That will happen. So... He's obviously not young. COVID is hidden heavy in Florida, and he fits the main target of COVID, believe it or not, believe this thing or not. Um, obviously, whether people and players think it's a hoax, yada, 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 NFL is going to take the utmost precautions, especially on guys high at risk. Do you think the Buccaneers limit Bruce Arians' coaching ability in any sort of way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting. It will be tough, but I don't know. It, will Bruce Arians be on the sideline in 2020? Big Buck, we'll start with you on this one. Oh, boy. Trying to whip out my crystal ball here and, <laughs> and see what I can, what I can come up with. Um, the thing that makes the most sense to me is in the beginning of the season, we're going to be trying to get our toes wet mm-hmm. with um, precautions and uh, regulations and stuff like that. So I think Bruce will be in the skybox for maybe the first quarter of the season 
And then as, you know, we start getting more warmed up and, you know, having better regulations and learning from our mistakes and, you know, seeing what we can do versus what we can't do, I think he'll be down on the sidelines. There's no chance in hell he's not he's, – he's, he's getting on that field for sure. Yeah, he's a, he seems like a stubborn bastard. So, so I, think, I think there's no chance they're going to – even if they do tell him to stay in the skybox, he's going to be down there. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, Bruce is the type of guy, he's going to coach all 16 games. Like, it doesn't matter if he's going to mm-hmm. be in the skybox, on the sidelines, you know, on FaceTime. He'll find a way to do it. What, put him on like a like an iPad or something on a little get, get, <laughs> like a get him on a car on an iPad and roll him around <laughs> the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, we we should honestly try and get him like a life size hamster bubble, so he could be mobile on the sidelines, but at the same time, you know, be interprotected. But um, let's obviously <laughs> let let's obviously I agree with you guys. I don't think that Bruce will be limited in coaching games, and I think. Obviously, he's going to do everything he can to get back onto the sideline, and I, I, I don't think it's going to affect how many games he coaches. Sure, it could affect the location of where he coaches, but, I mean, we've seen coaches injured before tear their ACLs and not want to be on the sideline. So if he's not on the – yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Um, but we've seen it happen before, so it's not like it would be the brand-new way or anything like that. So, Bruce, I think he will find his way onto the field – at some point, and I do think he coaches every game. So that's a big help for the Bucks. The Bucks, um, lo- they like playing for Bruce. I mean, they had a lot of problems last year and a lot of not clutchability, and still finished seven and nine. So exciting to see how big the Bucks could be this year, how big of a team, how much success they can have. And as fans of the Bucks, they haven't been great, but we still love to, you know, have our Buccaneer fan things and have other uh, jerseys and memorabilia and pictures and so forth, you name it, Bucks, we all have stuff. So, Big Buck, um, Sam, this is a little bit of a fun question, but whether it's a jersey, whether it's a shirt, whether it's an item, whether it's something wild, what is the favorite or what is your favorite Tampa Bay Buccaneers item you own as a fan? Whether it could be anything what is it? And we will start with uh, Big Bukowski here. What do you think your favorite item you own is? Uh, I'm a little boring. I don't have too, too much. Um, I think my favorite item that's Tampa Bay Buccaneer related, I have the autobiography of John Gruden. And uh, he goes into detail about the Super Bowl win and stuff like that. So that's a, that's a kind of a fun read there. Um, and then I also, uh, my wife who I love, um, she likes to waste money at Goodwill, (laughs) but this time (laughs) she found a embroidered Keyshawn Johnson Jersey. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it was only like 20 bucks and she was like, you want it? I'm like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's all I really have. I also have a couple of hats, a couple of pendants, nothing really, you know, nothing really, really, really cool. Like I've I've seen some of your stuff, Tones. I, I'm I'm just I'm just the first one here. You're gonna bust out with like some game worn cleats or something. <laughs> Sam, what do you got? 
Okay, so when I was in high school, I think I might have been a freshman. It might have been my sophomore year. We had some kind of assignment. Um, we had like a worksheet, and I didn't want to do it. So I'm sitting there playing with my phone under the table, and the Bucks Facebook page was doing giveaways. And they were giving away a Levante David signed mini helmet for the first person that could list off Levante David's high school. So I Googled it as quickly as I could. Well, you don't after, have that off the top of your head. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. So after I commented that, I actually won it, and they sent it in the mail about a week later. So I got a Levante David signed mini helmet for free. Wow. That, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, you got to love that. I feel like the Buccaneers PR is really good at doing contests and stuff like that. I've seen um, they actually had Chris Godwin send somebody a package for – you know, they were a nurse working through COVID and they commented on a Bucks PR thing and they sent that to them. Then on draft night, I know of somebody who got a Devin White mini helmet sent to them for free just by commenting good pick about the worst pick. The Bucks Facebook decided to send him a Devin White signed mini helmet. So that's awesome. The Levante David mini helmet. I can't believe, hey, thank God class is boring or else you, you would have never got that opportunity <laughs> to get that many helmet um i've been i've been on my phone in class when i used to you know be in school way back in the day but i i, I never was lucky enough to win a giveaway one time i won a, I remember i'm near the chicago area i used to follow the oakland a's on twitter for whatever reason i entered one of their contests it was like name the three marks on our team that happened to hit a home run and i named them all and then i got sent two oakland a's tickets so obviously i sold them but that's the only time I ever won anything on social media. My favorite boxing I probably own, though. Big Buck, I'm going to have to pull out the game-used item here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it's going to be, like, my most premier player game-used item because, I, I mean, I have a Levante, which is beautiful, but I don't think that's my favorite. I'm going to go with my first purchase ever might be my favorite just because, you know, it is its special first purchase to it I have a Josh Wells London jersey and he started that game last year and it was my first jersey to kind of um, jumpstart my game use collection so the fact that Josh Wells started in London the fact that it, it was my first game use jersey it kind of holds special meaning and I do have that one in a frame and it, it's kind of cool owning a jersey of a player from a London game but uh, I think, as you can see, we had three different answers, but we all had great pieces of Buck memorabilia. We, we would love to hear our fans' memorabilia or our listeners. We probably don't have many fans, but, hey, that's okay. Tweet us your memorabilia. Tweet us your Buccaneers jerseys you have. Tweet us your autograph things you have. You can find us on Twitter once again at Bucketeers, B-U-C-C-A-T-E-E-R-S. We have all sorts of um, – tweets we're gonna be more active on twitter coming up it was our first episode and first week of twitter last week so with that being said we will keep moving on in the show and once again that brings us to hopefully one day america's favorite game red or pewter guys once again another week last week we all had every answer is pewter we went um nine for nine and pewter answers i tried to make the questions a little more you know not so predictable this week, if you one may say so. I don't know about you guys, but are we ready to play red or pewter, fellas? Always ready. Always ready. Great questions, by the way. I like these questions. Yeah, hey, Big Buck requested 
more action with questions this time around. And I think we're getting it more controversy, not like, you know, bad controversy, but maybe amongst us three, we can get a little fireworks going and uh, we'll see. Question number one of red or pewter. Once again, red is disagree. Pewter is agree. Ronald Jones will remain running back number one by season's end. Big Bugkowski, we'll start with you, red or pewter. Man, that's rough. Um, are we talking about from start to finish, all 16 games, yep, he would yep. get the most touches and everything? Exactly. I'll go pewter on that. He's working so closely. Or, um, yeah, he's working. Is he working with Tom? He, I think he is working with Tom. Yeah, right? I think I've seen him at some other workouts. Yeah, I think yeah. he's been there. Because he uh, he goes and works out here in Arizona, I believe. He, he runs up mountains and stuff. Um, and I know that he's been working on his hands. He's been working on – he's gained about 13 pounds of pure muscle. This guy is going to be just a downhill runner with great hands. Imagine that out in the flat. You're not going to – no corner is going to – singly tackle Rojo if he's if he get, if he gathers enough momentum. So right. I will say that I will say pewter on that. I, yeah. I I'm gonna go pewter too. I think Rojo's gonna be a problem next season. I think he's gonna put up good numbers receiving and I think there's a good chance he puts up a one K yard rushing season. Oh that'd be great. Yeah, I think he could really have a realistic shot at 1,500 total all-purpose yards if he does remain running back number one all season. And I'm going to go pewter as well. I mean, we're 12 for 12 now, fellas. I don't know if, uh, you know, this is just us planning this or what, but I think Ronald Jones has the ability to have a breakout season. I wrote about it in an article for Time Skewed Podcast. I write for the Buccaneers, so... I wrote why Ronald Jones will have a breakout season. I think playing with Tom Brady is going to make him a tremendous fantasy asset among an offensive asset in general for the Buccaneers. So make sure not only to watch Ronald Jones in real life this season, but if you do play fantasy football, make sure to try and take Ronald Jones. I think playing with Tom Brady helps his game out a lot. Tom likes to check the ball down quite often because he doesn't like to risk it and try and, you know, increase his chances at throwing a turnover. So hopefully we can appreciate that this season and see Rojo stay involved. And nothing against Keyshawn Vaughn, nothing against Agumba Wale or the other guys. I just personally think Ronald Jones is the best running back that Tampa Bay has to offer. So hopefully we see a lot of him and his production going forward. Question number two. This one's a toughie because we have so many targets on our team. He's done it plenty of times before in his career, whether it's been a shortened season, a full season, etc. And th- uh, this is for the regular season Gronk will get double digit touchdowns red or pewter Sam we'll start with you uh, this was a tough one honestly I think I'm going to go off red here I mean I think the Brady Gronk connection still going to be strong even though they've taken a year off from each other but 
with Gronk's injury history, Gronk hasn't had double-digit touchdowns since 2015. In 2016, mm-hmm. he had three touchdowns. 2017, he had eight touchdowns. And 2018, he had three touchdowns. And I think it's going to be hard for him to put up double-digit touchdowns with all the passing threats we have on this team, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. And um, it's hard to see his path to double digits, but he could do it. Big Buck, what do you think? Do you agree with Sam and Red, or are you going with your optimistic side of view, which you often go with, or are you going with Pewter? I mean, I, I will have to disagree with Sam on this one. No offense, Sam, but you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, the only reason why I say that, is because if it was under any other circumstances, if we just had a normal off season, if we had just a normal 2020, I would, I would be in the, in the red camp because we're spreading the ball out. There's, it's almost impossible for, for Gronk to uh, be the main focal point when you have Mike Evans on one side, Chris Godwin on another and so on and so forth. And like Tone said earlier on, we have probably the best tight end core in the NFL. Um, but I think that Gronk Brady chemistry is going to be vital in the first quarter of the season. I think between him and Brady, I think before week five, Gronk will have at least about five touchdowns and maybe a speckled two or three, four or five down the road. But I think he'll have just about 10 because of that strong start in uh, in earlier in the season. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a fair take. That's a fair take. I didn't even think of it like, you know, that's a great way of thinking of it is Brady will have to rely on a familiar face with COVID going on and with the weird off season going on. Brady will have to rely on a guy like Rob Gronkowski because they are so familiar with each other. Maybe later on in the season he will spread it out more, but – surely in the beginning of the season, Gronk's going to get all fair share of his targets in the red zone. So this is a tough one because I really think it just really depends on how many games Gronk plays. I think if Gronk plays a full season, it will easily be the double digits. As as our Bucketeers Twitter seems to be blowing up, getting asked to do shout outs and stuff, interrupting my question answer. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Just kidding. Hutch Dilbert, shout out to you. We'll get to more shout outs in a little bit, but my question, uh, my answer, I guess here is, is big buck kind of just elaborated on. Um, he said, Oh yeah. an agreement, you know, it's dependent on how many games Gronk will play. I'm, I said he'll play 16 games earlier, so I'm going to be consistent here and I'm going to go pewter because I do believe he plays a full season. But if he doesn't play a full season, I think that diminishes that. But I do think he will play a full season. That's fair. That's fair. And um, So, Sam, so Sam how does it feel to be the first one to uh, break this 12 for 12? First one to go red. Yeah, go rogue. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even uh, realize that we did have our first breakage here. We were 12 for 12, and um, big, or yeah, Sam gave his answer first, so we went 12 for 13, but we're still shooting 14 of 15, you know, so not too far off there, Sam. And his answer was a good one. It was an honest one. It was a fair one because Gronk's path won't be easy to get there, but. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right. 
me and Big Buck do see him get in there. And with that being said, this is another tough one. And this, you know, I mean, this one with our fandom, we're obviously going to be very optimistic and hopeful because it's been so long. But we'll see if we could keep the pewter trend going or what's going to happen here. Sam, we'll start with you here. Bucks will make the Super Bowl this season red or pewter. Oh, God. Oh, man. This is a tough one. I that's, mean, <laughs> that's why I let Sam go first, man. I'm not answering this first. Uh, I mean, I really want to say pewter. I honestly do. But, you know, you wouldn't the truth be a fan is, if you didn't. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> throw me under the bus here. The truth is, predicting a Super Bowl before the season starts is a hard thing to do, you know, no matter who you are. You know, the Chiefs, no matter who you are. I think we'll at least make it to the playoffs this season and win a couple playoff games. Uh, I think the optimist in me is going to say pewter. Yeah. Right on. And uh, Big Buck would love that answer because he's an optimist. I mean, I've never heard Big Buck not be optimistic. I love it. You have to view life optimistically or else you're going to miss out on a lot of great things, as such as, you know, maybe Gronk getting double-digit touchdowns. But, will Big Buck, do you agree with Sam? Are you going pewter that the Bucks will see the Super Bowl this upcoming season? Every single fan will say that. They really want to say pewter. They really, really want to say pewter. I really, 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 really want to say pewter. But if we're looking at it realistically. No. (laughs) If we are looking at it realistically. Don't bring reality into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, reality sucks. Yeah, we're like Disney World, man. Leave that in behind and just focus on, you know, not real stuff at the moment. Are we better than the Saints, and are we better than the 49ers right now? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with, um, you know, I, I'm optimistic, man. I don't know. I'm going with yes. I'm going with we're better than – to me, our biggest competition will be the Saints this year. I think oh, we're better, 100%. I right. think we're better than the 49ers right now, and I think we're neck and neck with the Saints slightly behind, but that could easily change during the season. Right. I mean, I think come playoff time, you know, we got Brady, we got Gronk, we got two of the most clutch playoff performers in NFL history. And yeah. Shaq, Shaq Barrett won a Super Bowl with Denver. So, I mean, That's right. and JPP's won a couple uh, with the Giants. So, Ndamukong Sue. We have he, a lot of Super Bowl rings on yep, that roster. N- Sue didn't win one, but he did make it with the Rams a year. He was in Los Angeles. So, right. we, we do have the Super Bowl experience on the roster. Um Big Buck, you never quite gave us your answer. It sounded like you were leaning red. Uh, did me and Sam persuade <laughs> you to go pewter, or are you going to go red? Man, in order for us to have a discussion, one of us has to disagree, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'll say pewter. Oh! I was just playing devil's advocate. Um, and like you guys said, we just have to get into a wild card spot. We have the most clutch – playoff performers in in the nfl right now we just get in that seventh seed and maybe even sixth um i don't think we're going to win the division i think the saints are are poised to take the nfc south 
Um, man, though, that's going to be a wild game. We meet them in the playoffs, in the Superdome. Things are popping off. It's going to get loud. We'll see if Brady pulls that out. Yeah, and I think you make up a great point by saying um, – I'm drawing a blank here. But another thing that came to my mind quick, we also signed Joe Hague his playoff experience, so we do have it. But it came back to me, Big Buck mentioned a seven-team playoff. That seventh seed is huge because if there were seven seeds allowed per playoff, Buccaneers would have made the playoffs twice in the past ten years. We would have made it in 2010 when we finished 10 and six, right behind um, the Giants and the Packers. Who and the Packers won the Super Bowl at 10 and six that year. So if the Buccaneers would have made it, you never know. And in 2017, or yeah, when we finished nine and seven, we finished in seventh as well. So two times we finished in seventh, we could have made the playoffs, and that stings a little bit. So. Rudder Pewter, will we make the Super Bowl? Even when we go 2-14, and 14, as a fan, optimistic, <laughs> I say Super Bowl the next year. You know, those are my aspirations. But with Bruce Arians getting old, with Tom Brady getting old, with Gronk coming back for only a guaranteed one year, Chris Godwin's a free agent upcoming. Levante David will be soon, too. Um, Nadamik ensues on one year. So a lot of veteran moving pieces here. It kind of feels like it's a two-year window, but it feels like this year is a year we're going all in especially. So okay. for that that reason, I'm going pewter. I mean, Gronk and Sue might be gone after. We're not going to be able to keep everybody. Either Sue's going to retire, Gronk's going to re-retire. We're going to lose one of those two for sure. We're pretty much going to have to choose two out of three of – David Godwin and Rojo in the upcoming off seasons. There's no way we can afford to pay all three of those guys, especially we all predicted Rojo would have quite the year. So not that he's a free agent next off season, but in two off seasons he is, but the bucks are going to have to start thinking about these guys upcoming. I mean, we have Evans locked up for long-term. So that's a good thing for us. We still have Vita Vea for a handful of years and we have Devin white for three more years with the fifth year option. We picked up OJ's fifth year option already. So we do have a few guys for upcoming years, but guys, this might get scary because Shaq Barrett is also playing on the franchise tag and we might have a cap situation arise quickly before you know it. Yeah, it's going to be tough to spread all that money out. Going to make some hard decisions for sure. We're going to make a run. We got to do it now. Yeah. Yeah, In the next few years. Um, Do me a favor, guys. Tell me, Who's hosting the Super Bowl this year? We are. We are, exactly. <laughs> we would be the first NFL team to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium if everything goes the way we want it to go. And that is a massive feather in our caps. That's something that no one can say. I think the 49ers were close. I think they played it at the Rose Bowl. Where, where they played a, uh, their home stadium is Candlestick. And um, I think that might be – I think there's like one or two more. But honestly, home stadium, that cannon is going to go off. Did the, Cardinals, did the Cardinals play in their stadium in the Super Bowl or was that somewhere else when they played uh, Pittsburgh? I can't quite remember. But nonetheless, you're completely right. On that fact, I mean, especially in a COVID-given year, 
that home field advantage would be. I mean, it would be interesting to see Raymond James Stadium laid out and that other teams attire for half the stadium because they would still, like, have to split it up, you know what I'm saying? So it would right. kind of be interesting to see, like, Ray J be half Tampa Bay stuff and half, you know, I'll go out on a limb here and say – Miami Dolphins. No, I'm kidding. Not Miami <laughs> Dolphins. We'll, Funniest we'll be, joke all day. <laughs> we'll be realistic. We'll say it would be wild to see a Kansas City, Tampa Bay decorated stadium or something crazy like that. But um, yeah, I, we're all optimistic. I mean, we only had one red that time around, so we're making progress. We did crack the red barrier. Um, not nine for nine this time, eight for nine. So next week we'll see if we could go seven for nine or lower that batting average a little bit. But with that being said, Sam brought up a great point earlier during this week in the um, Bucketeers group chat about the upcoming college football season. And me and Big Bukowski kind of agreed it's going to be weird. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a hard time for the 2020 college football season in general to get going. But whether that season plays, whether it gets pushed back, whatever happens, the draft is going to be weird because you are going to have college football programs choosing not to play. We've already seen a couple Ivy League schools, so they won't be playing this fall. And, I mean, think about it. Cam Bray and Ryan Fitzpatrick, two guys off the top of my head who have had NFL success from an Ivy League school. So we're already missing out on getting guys like that in this draft. This year we already seen a change of draft by guys not being able to um, have their combine video or have – Scouts attend their combine. We only had seven small school guys get drafted this year. Usually that number's in the 20s. Small schools means non-BCS schools. So that number was down to seven as it is this year. This could keep getting scarier for the little school guys in the NFL draft in general in 2021. Sam, we'll start with you. First off, what's going to happen in the fall with college football? Honestly, I don't see college football happening any way, shape, or form this fall. I mean, I know some conferences are talking about, like, cutting down, doing conference-only games. Like, I'm a UCF fan, and I know the American Athletic Conference is talking about they have, like, an emergency schedule in place where they play just all conference games, and, like, every team in the conference would play every other team in the conference. But honestly, I don't think it's going to happen this fall. I mean, there there's rumblings. People are talking, Hey, maybe we can move the season to the spring, but if we move the season to the spring, that's going to be tough for players getting drafted. If they're going to be playing in the NFL starting in the fall, honestly, I don't think college football is going to happen this year in the fall or the spring. I don't think it's going to happen until 2021 in the fall. So, you know, that's really going to screw up the draft because like you were saying, a lot of small school kids, they're not going to be able to get the recognition they need. I think the draft you know, assuming they don't move it and assuming we have the 2021 draft on time in April or whenever they have it, if we don't have a college football season, it's probably going to be mostly kids from big schools getting drafted. You know, even if they aren't as good as kids from the smaller schools, it's because they got the name recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've seen that a little bit this year. So Big Buck, do you agree with Sam, or what do you think about the upcoming college football season and the struggles for the 2021 NFL draft? I think Sam made a great point in saying that those big-time school guys are going to get a hell of a lot more chances than the little school guys, right, wrong, or indifferent. 
Yeah. Um, I did like his point. I did, I did like your point, Sam, about um, how it would affect the uh, NFL draft. And it, it, are we even going to get a draft because right. of how, you know, there's no college football. How can you draft? Um, I just had a random idea pop in my head. The only way I can see us doing it in a fair way is if we do a combine and then after a combine, we just run this kind of gauntlet of team captains and they choose different players from each school and run like this kind of short little tournament in, um, in uh, uh, Lucas Oil and see, uh, you know, actually get tape on these guys. And then, like, I know for, I think the Pac-12 also announced that they were not going to branch out of their conference for for games. So, man, that's tough. That is super-duper yeah. tough. But I think just to give them a fair shake, let them play. Yeah, yeah. I like that gauntlet idea. Yeah, I, I really yeah. do like that gauntlet idea. I mean, that would give us a look at a lot of kids. It would give us a look at a lot of players trying to make it. And Big Buck brought up a great point about the gauntlet. And you know a lot of guys would love to do that because we're talking about guys' careers here. We're talking about guys' livelihoods here. We're talking about people trying to make money for their families. Like Peyton Barber only – chose to go to the NFL because he had to make money for his mom. He didn't get drafted, but the Buccaneers knew his situation, decided to give him a chance because he was in dire need of money. And look at what Peyton Barber was able to do for himself. So if these guys don't even get a chance to play college football or to even get drafted, if they try and alter the draft of some sort or to even sign, I don't know what's going to happen, but to me, let these guys try and earn that payday if they want to. Let them try and make their money. Hopefully modify the college football schedule slightly so we could get college football this season. I don't think anyone who plays college football wants to sit out, really. I think more of these universities are concerned for these kids than these kids actually are. I mean, these kids fit the lowest criteria pretty much affected by COVID. So to me, it should be optional. I understand why there isn't a college football season because these kids aren't getting paid. And if problems arose, that would be a huge problem for a university if a kid caught COVID and the university doesn't pay these guys. So that's an awful look because it's not a job technically. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but the draft will be weird for sure. I do not know how the draft would play out. I do not know if teams would have more draft picks maybe or less draft picks maybe. It'd be interesting to, you know, say, hey, a lot of teams didn't compete, but we're going to up the draft to nine rounds or something to make more kids drafted because undrafted free agents. this see that happening. Yeah, undrafted, undrafted free agents this year are going to have a hard time. I interviewed – um three of them and they're all great guys and i hope they all make the roster uh carl lever offensive or nick lever i'm sorry offensive lineman josh pearson wide receiver and javon haig safety um i they were all great guys all great athletes they all deserve to make the bucks but who knows with this weird off season with camps opening as late as july 28th and 
if that even happens, if they have the opportunity, what do you guys think about maybe allowing, I know you guys said you both like it, but maybe more draft picks next year to, and maybe more roster spots in general to allow more kids a chance to make in these teams. Yeah, I could see that. They bump the roster spots up to around 60 and they bump the draft down to like nine, 10 rounds. Like even with the gauntlet idea that big buck had though, that's going to be hard to get structured because there's yeah. 130 FBS schools. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of seniors from those schools are going to want to be part of it. And it's just going to be impossible to be able to get everybody put into it. And that's not even looking at FCS schools, division two schools, division three schools. I mean, it's going to be rough. Yeah. That's going to be tough, man. Um, Maybe just a uh, combine, uh, combine. Sorry, <laughs> combined. Um, maybe just combine players in general, like just maybe a maybe a six on six, five on five, stuff like that. Um, maybe two hand touch, so that way they don't get injured. But you know, these guys are gonna go hard, right? You know, especially when this is their opportunity to get into the NFL. And there's not a um, there's not a there's not an opportunity for him because of COVID. Yeah, no college season. I mean, that's really going to be their only way to get attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just COVID ruined everything, and especially college sports. I feel like are more hindered than professional sports, and the combine in general isn't going to be easy either. Like. I don't know what's going to happen with the the NBA. I know we're a Bucks show, but the NBA real quick, they plan on having their finals and two days later having their draft and two days later having their free agency open. So, I mean, all these leagues are going to like, how do you even plan on drafting when March Madness is one of the main tools to elevate players draft stock? I mean, a lot of players got ripped off the chance there just as a lot of college football players are going to get ripped off the chance if they don't have these conference championships or these bowl games to prove themselves or this college football playoff to prove themselves. So I don't know. It's going to be really tough. Um, There's been a lot of guys who have made names for themselves, like Josh Allen in his bowl game with Wyoming. I mean, his talent really showed there and boom, next thing you know, he's a top 10 pick. So just things like that. Uh, I don't know. You hate to see these kids' chances get ruined, but we've already been talking quite some time. Guys, just, this keeps getting easier with episode two, Naring the Book. Wait, wait, so, let, um, me, let me add on one more thing real quick. Yep. Any last thoughts, Sam? We'll yeah, what you were you. saying about the college football season, like getting cut off, like you said the thing about Josh Allen. What about Joe Burrow? Yeah. Joe Burrow, he was an average quarterback in LSU. His junior year, he had, I think, 13 touchdowns. Imagine if Joe Burrow didn't have a senior year. He definitely wouldn't be a number one pick. He'd be a fringe draft pick. Yeah, and I mean, the NFL might have never seen – I think that's a tremendous point. We might not have seen Joe Burrow. I mean, we might not have seen Cam Newton at that point if he got ripped off his last year at Auburn because before that last year, Cam Newton wasn't supposed to be a first-round pick, let alone the number one pick. So we'd be getting ripped off some – great opportunities to meeting and watching these players. And I don't know, I think we're all in the same spot where we want to see these players get a chance for sure. Oh man. It's, it's just tough. It's just, this should not be 
a topic of discussion, but it's, you know, that that's the future, you know, it's that's COVID just ruined all of sports. And now we're, we're slowly trying to piece it together. And if everyone just wears their masks, if everyone just follows the rules, we can get football. Yep. Let's hope everyone starts following the rules. Let's hope we get football. Once again, this was the Three Bucketeers. On behalf of Sam, on behalf of Big Buck, I am Tones. We look forward to bringing you guys this episode this upcoming Wednesday, and we look forward to bringing you guys episodes every Wednesday. We had a lot of fun Twitter interactions during this um, episode, actually. Buccaneers Stunna just weighed in. Josh M's weighed in. A couple other guys have weighed in. Um, Bukowski and Sam have put out a couple tweets during this. So that was awesome to see people interacting we appreciate it we appreciate you guys listening to us i also just got an email that our podcast is now available on another outlet pocket radio so that's pretty cool and we are available on spotify we're available on anchor now along with pocket radio and we're, we'll be available on apple um probably within this week as well so it's pretty cool seeing our podcast start becoming available on all these and hopefully you guys are listening from big buck from sam We'll see you guys next Wednesday, the Three Bucket Tears. 